0: Welcome to the Voice Culture Podcast with your hosts, Brian Lee and Justin Peterson. In the second half of my interview with Eden, we talk about the nitty-gritty of streaming performances and how some of the smaller forms like art song and cabaret are ideally suited to go more online than they have been in the past. Eden tells us how she helps clients do this and about her recent experiences in cabaret. You know, in my little corner of the world, like my my sort of uh, passion in the voice scene is art song. And it was very interesting that the Nimble Organizations, uh, I'm thinking especially of, um, what's the one, in, it's, Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, the Artsong
1: Society, right? The Song Initiative. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So they adapted quickly and well. And the thing is, with some of these more intimate forms, you know, when you have just when you have piano and singer uh, cabaret, too. And, uh, um, you know, you can really present a lot and you can, uh, you know, reach new places and people. Um, I'm kind of disappointed with CSI Cincinnati Song Initiative because they're they're starting their song slams again, and they're doing an online component to it. But you have to be there, like to to participate, uh, in, in huh? it, to actually present your songs. Oh. And and it's like ah, because they they did so much cool stuff with them, and they did a lot of stuff around art song also that they had never done before, like composers in cocktails. Neat. That was really neat where they have they bring in composers to talk about their work and you have the chance to live chat with people. Um live
1: they, chat and lobations. I like it.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> it was really neat. And they would feature a cocktail each session. And so oh. they had this bartender who's a baritone who who actually shows you how to make a drink at a real bar as as like this sort of cameo part of the i mean there's been some amazing creativity in some quarters even in the in the old classical scene and yeah. um uh you know i maintain that art song has has plenty of life left in it uh mm-hmm. in those with those people who are willing to adapt and do new things it's so, so
1: true it is so true i'm really into cabaret more and more in my advanced years, because I'm not mm-hmm. 20 anymore, right? So that's another kind of tangential thing I've done. I just realized how, what a perfect art form it is. An mm-hmm. art song is perfect as well. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are never going to be cast in a full opera mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, right? Right. They're in the wrong place, wrong time, wrong voice, wrong director, wrong whatever. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with their talent, their artistry, their mastery. What can they do? There's, that's what the art song's for right? Or a chamber art song. And so for musical theater people, a cabaret is your place. But I also think it's a place for art song people as well. And it's just such an intimate art form. Yes. And it's, everybody talks about, you know, cabaret is going to die, long live cabaret, right? No, I think it's here to stay. But I think it's got to adapt as well. Yeah. I'm looking for more adaptation in the cabaret world than I currently see and hope to be part of it. I, think I don't know the, how, but I'm yeah. thinking about it.
0: <laughs> well, there's certainly I, potential, and um, it's really interesting. There's a there's a drag performer who I really enjoy uh, named Coco Peru, great. and uh, she is a big storyteller. She's an amazing storyteller, and she just set up her little iPhone at home and uh, uh, does – and there's a cabaret element to it, too. She intersperses with songs all through her – her act. Right. Um, but, she, you know, she said, look, I'm nervous as hell. I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but I got to do something and I want to reach you people. And it was a massive hit. Uh, uh, what did she call them? I forget. Coco at Home or something like that. And she did those things every week for several months. And uh, they were so good and it was so warm and intimate and wonderful, you know. Um, It's a lot of work.
1: The hardest part about it, I think, is that you just don't hear applause. Yes. That's probably the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, But that's why we have sound effects. (laughs) 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 But you get everything else out of it. And if you structure it right, then you can actually get some kind of applause, even if it's people just waggling their fingers back and forth in the Zoom room. Sure. Right, which is the equivalent of applause, right? Yeah. But that's another reason why, in my live stream, I look at the comments and I ask questions, you know, in the comments to force them to participate, mm-hmm. so they feel like they're part of it, and so I don't feel like I'm playing to an empty room. So for cabaret, where that you know that back and forth is so important, uh, my friend Jim Rice, who is a cabaret pianist in Worcester, Mass, one of the best in the United States, I think. Uh, He did a few on Twitch early in the pandemic and was brilliant at it. So good. And he had two people in his house with him that he trusted. They were low risk. And one filmed and the other one just laughed. She was the clack, right? Oh, cool. (laughs) It was wonderful. And he really needed that. He knew he needed it. And she was such a good audience member that she took the place of the other 50 or 100 that should have been there. Right. And it, it did. It gave life. To, and vibrancy to his, his stream and it gave him somebody to play off of. So I don't need that. I'm okay without it, but it really benefited him to have that. So I, I love that, that, making that work for you and whatever you are. So you could do an art song recital for an audience of one. Yeah. And it's just one person there. Um, it, whatever works that it makes it possible for you. But live streaming helps you reach new audiences.
0: Absolutely.
1: I think that's a lot of people have said that that over the pandemic, they got to know uh, people who are performing online, and that made them want to come out and see that person live when they were given the chance.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping my students will do, too. I know, I just keep chatting here, but um, I want my students to, to be more adaptable
0: mm-hmm. than we
1: were before the pandemic yeah. to whatever level is right for them. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, In my studio, that can mean if you're coming in as a theater performer, but you haven't been cast in theater because you've aged out Mm -hmm. of your local theaters, they're not doing the kind of things that really showcase your voice anymore, Mm -hmm. Then we work together to find other opportunities for you. That could be cabaret. It could be writing your own material, your own songs, could be recording your own music or writing for other people. And if you're classical, or if you've been in a choir for a long time, but your choir has been on ice for the past 18 months, Mm -hmm. then we talk about uh, other kinds of music for them that might be art song, it might be folk song, it might be creating an ensemble of just two or three people that are safe, and -hmm. I'll help you make that happen. So basically, I want you to keep doing what you love, but adapt it in a way that works for your circumstances. And don't be afraid of trying to make it a little new.
0: Yeah, yeah, boy, that's, that's some great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, once Justin and I decided to start this podcast, it's kept us pretty busy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a thing I started around the same time as a concept, which was up in Baltimore, which is just uh, 40 minutes north of us here. Where I'm in the DC area, um, they have a long-established series of house—I guess they call them house concerts. Mm-hmm. And they're mostly singers. Sometimes it's a violinist, sometimes a pianist. But they, the uh, main thing is singers singing songs uh, in a house full of people. And they rotate around. There's like a dozen or 15 different people uh, that it cycles through every every year or two. And I just thought that was so cool. And when I lived in this area many years ago, uh, before I moved away and then I moved back, there there was something like this down in the D.C. area, too. And there may be some I don't know about, but I thought, I would really like to get that going again. And and then I started to think about some tech stuff. And one of the things that I noticed when these uh, performers like Coco Peru, et cetera, went online, and they used some of those services where you can tip during mm-hmm. the show. Oh, yeah. There was that. And then uh, I was thinking about all the charity events I've been to where they have silent auctions and stuff where you do stuff on your phones. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how about if I came up with a way that you could you could give the performers payment during or before or after, but, but do it in this online way that's that's um like how the silent auctions do and how the tipping works. Uh and so I have I have this thing in my back pocket. I have these different uh websites reserved and developed one site that's that's pretty much ready to go and th- that interests me too like about the compensation piece.
1: Yeah, that's kind of important.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I idea, that, yeah. I love that idea though.
1: Yeah, so tell me what you've discovered. Like which one is your uh, favorite?
0: So so the well the way I thought it could work is so let's say I have I'm sponsoring this uh art song my my website uh that i've started is called artsongadventure.org and so i would have a page on there that uh where the performers the pianist and singer or whoever uh, if there are others um can post where i can post their payment information so if they have venmo and or pen pal, uh, pen pal, PayPal. <laughs> if they need a pen pal, yeah, I suppose we could provide. Yeah, that's it. But, that's but what it like, was back
1: in colonial times. For each concert,
0: have have payment information, and then I reserved a domain called singerlove.com. Oh, so, what a
1: great name! So it's
0: really easy <laughs> to remember, okay. and then I would announce at the concerts: Hey, if you want to, if you want to give this singer some love just go to singerlove.com and you you will and it redirects back to the the page that I have set up for these people with their payment information so then they can do a Zelly or a paypal or a venmo or whatever and directly tip the performer i've never seen it done for classical but true but um it would it be a thing where people could do it they could sneakily doing it during the concert if they want to but but it would be there for intermission and right before and right after and ha- keep it up for 15 days after you know and I just wonder if uh, they might see more bucks that way than trying to negotiate some rate and ticket sales.
1: Yes, ticket sales are the worst, right? Yeah. Um, I just yeah. did a concert last night uh, with my student, actually. He prepared it for a year, and he wanted to front a rock band.
0: Mm. That was
1: his dream. I okay. have three students this year who have these dream projects, mm-hmm. and they, we call it an all-access pass. We took an entire year to make it happen. So now this is kind of the graduation time for each of them. So this, the first one was last night. So he did, he fronted a rock band at a local uh, wonderful music venue around here called Pump House. Mm -hmm. So uh, he chose the songs. We met on zoom a lot in the worst of the pandemic. We did a lot of vocalizing, chose the songs. And then I got together the band, all wonderful pro players, uh, booked the venue, did all the marketing and PR, prepared him, held all the rehearsals, and then last night was the show. Oh, and wow. we had a decent turnout, mm-hmm. but that, you know, the ticket sales was the one thing I couldn't control and prep for, and it just about killed me, right? Because I like to yeah. plan everything and have control on everything. Yeah. So, uh, but I had to you know, hope that we got the word out enough, and I thought, yeah, if I could have control over everything, I would ticket a live stream for that, right? And they live streamed it on the, the venue's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, on the one hand, I love it when they do that, and I hate it when they do that, because that means people oh, I just watch it on facebook yes, and it 's not nearly as good as live, although I will say um, they they go through the board, you know they plug in the sound in the board, so oh, the sound uh-huh. quality is not terrible mm-hmm. but it 's not what I want for my student, and I knew my student really needed the energy of an audience, right yeah, but luckily, right. he got one. So it worked out for the best. We had a great time. It was a great night. And nice. I have another student going there in four weeks who wrote a cabaret show. Wow. She, she's 83. This is her second cabaret. Excellent. Her name. Yeah. It's called, um, what is it? Uh, Sex and the Older Girl. Love it. Oh, it's going to be great. That, that live stream will get a lot of views. It's going to be really good. Yeah. But so we've spent the year with her writing the lyrics. I wrote the music. I arranged mm-hmm. it. I'm rehearsing the band. I did her promo. I booked her venue. You know, that's that's the production part of it. I do. Right. She had the idea, but she didn't have the skills to do the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So first, you need just somebody to say that's a good idea, and then you need somebody to go through you know lots of revisions and drafts. So I kind of co-wrote it with her, mm-hmm. and then you know made her her accompaniment CDs so she could rehearse on her own. So we do all those those parts, right? Those production parts. But that's how you develop that big final hairy goal. Of getting to say, I headlined a rock band. The band had my name in it. Or I did my second cabaret. And now, I'm, after she does this one, she's going to tour it in our state. Nice. Oh, yeah. I, we, we have an idea of a few places where we're going. We said we should go to retirement centers, but they probably kick us out. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's rated NC. You know how they said those ratings, right? RX, yeah. NC-17. Yeah. We said her should be rated NC-80.
0: love it I love it yeah
1: she goes there she goes there she's really good she's Elaine Stritch like oh great! so oh yeah she's great and the third one is a student who doesn't want to perform live that's not what interests her but she loves writing so she's written about 120 songs she is a prolific writer fantastic she doesn't do the music so I do the music and the arranging and we realized over the course of her year that she was writing at such a fast pace and the writing kept changing that I didn't want to limit her to eight songs on an album. So I said, let's not make an album. Instead, let's just release a song a month. And that way, that gives mm-hmm. you the freedom and the flexibility to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And I see other artists doing that. Yes. That they aren't releasing entire albums because that's expensive. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. But mm-hmm. one song is a more manageable amount. But then at the end of the year, you still have an album.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So that's...
1: That's her plan. So those are the three who are the most intense people that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where was I going with this? I don't know you're talking about. Um, I was about talking about,
0: well, the producing the, end the, of it. And, and then getting
1: money for it, right? And the money. So, and the yeah. money. Like for my live stream, I use a, uh, buymeacoffee.com, mm-hmm. which is an offshoot of ko-fi.com, right? K-O-F-I.com. Mm-hmm. And I also use Venmo. Mm-hmm. So And I do. I often get tips. Uh you know a few here or there, which is great. And I mention it within the hour, but anybody can watch it, and the live stream lives forever on my YouTube channel when it's over. Uh, but I would love a sponsor, sure I would. I even sometimes will do like fake sponsorships during my show. Uh huh. <laughs> sure. The Eden Show is sponsored by Blank. When you oh, Blank, yeah. make sure you Blank. Oh yeah. So and it's kind of a hint, like, hey, we could use a sponsor here. But I haven't been really aggressive about going to find one, like every other influencer. <laughs> um, so I haven't done that yet, but I think if you're doing art song, if you're doing stuff online, then yes, you should ask for payment in some way, shape or form. Yes. Either you may have you limit the tickets. And so if it's a house concert, it's only open to the first 10 people. And the rate is this mm-hmm. getting to go inside to that intimate situation and be in somebody's home should have a high value on it. Yes. And everybody else you may watch online. Yeah. And if you watch online, here is the link, but you must make a donation of blank in order to get to the link i 'm fine with that, so it it does mean an adjustment period, and I think that 's really hard for everybody to take of mm-hmm. uh, when you realize your viewership 's going to go way down until and it it means you 're going to have to promote it yeah if you if you close it off so yeah. there 's different ways you can either you know be free, make it free,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: you can make it really, really exclusive. Uh, and that can be really hard to make that decision. Yes. So, and then if it doesn't work, you can always go back, you know, to the other one.
0: Right. So, well, but I think yeah. you're smart to do that to, what to I say there about, should be some money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at at first, w- what I was thinking of doing at first when this thing gets going is, uh, it's basically a love offering type thing. I mean, mm-hmm. like like make it clear. You know the people deserve to be paid, and let's give them some love, um, but not necessarily charge an admission at this point.
1: Give me suggested the, amount.
0: Yes, yeah, suggested. Yeah. Yes, I was thinking like suggested donation, which the people who attend live uh, can totally do, and then um, then I haven't thought yet about the. Uh, I definitely was thinking I'd I'd like to to uh, stream these things to and see what happens. There's an organization. I don't know if I should mention them. Mm -hmm. It's not Cincinnati. It's another part of the country that has an art song society. And it's not Seattle. Uh, (laughs) So I'll tell you, it's not those two. But there's another one that has really struggled uh, to go online. And they're doing some really nice stuff. But their lives would get three and four people. And I just think, oh, man, how do you just generate more, more ears? You know, how do, how do you get them there? And that's, that's the question. Cause it, some of it's just fabulous stuff.
1: If, um, if it it is that that's helpful. I'm seeing a lot of stuff that's less than fabulous. Yeah. That the, the attention is there mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. But like everybody else, I'll click off after two seconds. Yeah. yeah. I am that, 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 that painful person. Um, so yeah, if it's higher quality and if your audio's decent, if your lighting is decent, then yeah, you can you can charge something for that.
0: Yeah, well, I've 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 seen quite the the variety because I in in sort of um, trying to undertake this thing for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have this huge writing project that goes through the end of the year. After that, I'm going to move ahead on some of this other stuff. But the uh, so I've been looking at what everyone else is doing in in the in the the classical space in the song space, and somewhat in cabaret and um yeah it's in, it's interesting well these these skills that that you demonstrate and that you sometimes teach to your students i mean that's there's an awful lot of young people who see these people on YouTube, for example, blow up and they're like, "Well, how do you do that? How do you get there? How does this happen and I think it's really good for them to understand that. You just don't sit in front of a camera and, and, you know, say whatever pops out of your mouth and suddenly you have 500,000 followers. It doesn't work that way at all.
1: Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I still don't have a huge amount of viewership for my show. I'm okay with that because I still consider it fairly new. Uh-huh. I mean, if 10 years from now, <laughs> if more people right, are watching, right. oh, no. <laughs> uh, but for me, I mean, I, again, learner. Right. So just getting a chance to practice that skill every week is really fun. And when Mm -hmm. I I took a month off in August because I had other gigs I had to do and, oh, did I feel it or July. And I got back into it. I realized, oh, my gosh, it's only been a month and I've forgotten how to do some of this stuff. Yeah. So I realized I can't let that many weeks go by. And I wasn't worried about losing my viewership or anything Um so it's important to take time off, but it's really important to, as you learn these skills, write down the steps, write down your standard operating procedure. Yes. And that's that's very hard for me to do. Uh, I tend to get really distracted by it, and I keep it in my head. But I notice the more I write it down, the easier everything gets.
0: Yeah. I Sometimes I have to make scripts for myself um, for, yeah, for these yeah. things. It's it's very important.
1: It really is. And it's important if uh, you're trying to teach that to somebody else. Yeah. You, I can't say which thing to start with. I get asked that. I mean, probably like in voice teacher too. Well, what exercises should I do to sound really right. good? Well, right. how do you sound now? Right. What's your goal, right? Yeah. What are so, your issues? <laughs> yeah. Which tech should I use? Well, it yeah. depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And you don't need to have really fancy tech unless you need to have really fancy tech. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a whole new cottage industry of remote producers where you can basically go to a place. And, you know, do the higher tech that you need, kind of like going to a television studio. But somebody in, you know, Miami is actually going to produce you and you're going to hear the person in your headphones and you're going to go do your thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody will think that you're in your home studio or whatever, but no, you're someplace completely different. So that's fine. However, it gets it out. And then as far as getting the word out, quality is itself. Yes. So at at the heart of it, make sure your art song is really good. And give people the tools they need to appreciate you. Have the translations, right? Um, have the camera so we can see your expressions the way we would if we were right there with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, make sure there's not a shadow on your face. Make sure occasionally the camera goes to turn to the pianist so we can see the expression on your pianist's face too. Yeah. It's little things like that. Um, I do find that I, th- I think more cinematically about the stuff that I do because of these past couple years. Yeah. But I realize how important that is. And it's a very simple switch to make if you have been really just an aural person your whole life. And I'm a voice person and I listen to the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we live in the world where we have eyes. So you need to think about your favorite movies and think about your favorite television shows and your favorite operas that were ever recorded live. And think about how the camera moved on those people. Yeah, And think about how sometimes it moves up to show the architecture of the place you're in. Sometimes you show just the hands of the singer when they're talking about, you know, something in Schubert or something and it's illustrating Mm -hmm. and it's okay to do those things as you're creating, you know, your performance online. So it's it's all just, we're still doing artistry. We're still doing art song, but if you're trying to reach that audience and that place, you have to do it in a way that they can understand it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That, all this stuff too reflects back onto live performance. I, I find it that everything I learn about new modes of you know delivery with the mm-hmm. tech and everything, it, it makes me rethink about about the live experience too. I mean, it, it, they're bound to affect each other, and um, you know the way that the the camera doesn't lie or whatever. Um, a lot of you know a lot of people. I found a lot of Singers who have never really acted, yeah, do not understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know how how important it is to to embody the whole thing, and that includes that includes visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole thing about you know are you visual or are you auditory or whatever. Well, part of the live experience. Well, the live experience is all about the everything.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah.
0: So, so uh, you know, one of the things I've always worked with singers a lot live is um, when you first come through the door or you come from behind the curtain or you do, you know, I have them like, uh, for especially like when I've had the teens getting ready for various auditions, I have them, you know, step out of the house and come back in again. And that's where I get to use my acting skills because I get mm-hmm. to be an auditor. Uh, but <laughs> but this, this thing of, of like... Um, Oh, the, the camera doesn't like me. Well, if you've ever been on a stage, you've had eyes glued to you like crazy. And, you know, you should always be caring about that because it can it can make your performance all that much better. You know, if if you think about the entirety of your of your performing self, you know.
1: It is so true. And yeah. you're right. I see that as a skill that needs to be worked on in every performer. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize yeah that they're being watched every second. whether they're live or live streamed and 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 live streaming is dangerous even in live it's dangerous because people have cameras i was like don't scratch there (laughs) they're watching
0: (laughs) right yeah right yeah Yeah.
1: and you think you 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 think you realize that but the live streaming adds that little element of oh god right so you do have to be careful about that Uh, i took the saint louis cabaret conference this summer. Oh, how that was, was really that? fun. Really yeah. fun. So it's been this is a second year online. It was on Zoom. They did what they could mm-hmm. and, and bless them. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. And I loved every singer I worked with. I loved our four clinicians who are world class. Right. It was Jeff Harner, Faith Prince, Karen Mason and uh, Christine Andreas, mm. who are all world class Broadway and cabaret performers. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, especially, says something interesting. He's, he worked with Liza Minnelli. And he asked her sometime about how do you sing what you do? How do you do you? I'm saying that totally wrong. But she said, I think that the man I love is at the exit sign in the theater. And I got to keep him from walking out. That's how she sings. And that's that, how she performs.
0: Isn't that wonderful? Isn't I mean, it great? that
1: great? Yeah, yeah. So uh, suddenly I understood Liza completely. After that. Right. But that's actually not a bad way to think about any kind of performing we're doing. Yes. Is that you've got to reach that far. You have to be that strong and that direct. Yeah. And on Liza, that's what it looks like. Right. When Liza does it, it looks her way. But even an art song, you have to think about it in that way. Yeah. It cannot just be, you know, singing to the end of your lips. It has to be, you know, singing to the people who th- who can't see you. The people yeah. who are about to go and in live stream, that's absolutely it. Or any kind of online performing is that people can click off. You can see those numbers on all the live streaming. You can see the yes. people who are watching and right. leaving. Oh, yeah. 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 But you don't. if you want to keep them, you have to make a lot of quick changes or you have to do something. Either the camera has to start moving in a little bit and you can control that on your own. You can control a slow pan in or a pan out. mm mm-hmm. Or you have to have somebody that you trust to do some of those things for you uh, in that way. Because in a live situation, the audience would be looking around. And they'd look down at their program. They would look in all these other places. So provide that for them. And realize that even if you're singing to the screen, I think a lot of people have gotten better about singing to a camera. uh, But you have to really be careful that you engage them. doesn't mean you have to pull stunts or tricks. But it means that you have to be consistently engaging. Yeah. So you're either throwing in a joke, you know, if you're a comedian or whatever, or you are pointing to the camera or somehow you let them know, I see you. Even Mm -hmm. if I don't see you, I see you. And I'm trying to connect with you right now.
0: I can think of uh, pretty early in the pandemic, uh, a woman who was playing the piano and singing uh, in her home. She had like a spinet piano. The camera Mm -hmm. was side view, but she would talk to the camera and say what she was going to do. And then she'd play. It was so simple, but she actually treated the camera as what it is, this conduit to other humans on the other side. She was so, so good at that. And it felt like you were at home with her getting the pleasure of, of hearing this, this, uh, live performance. It doesn't have to be difficult. Um, it just seems, it seemed, it seemed so, so real and genuine. And, uh, not it's it's funny how some people try to you know, maybe adopt a persona that isn't quite really theirs uh and if you're doing cabaret or art song you're you're just so well naked is a word they always use you know but you're real yeah you're real you're real and mm-hmm. no one has to figure out how to be real they have to allow themselves to be real
1: Very very well said yeah. Absolutely. And I, I guess that's it's a terribly hard skill.
0: It is. It it's is so
1: easy to hide behind musical theater and opera.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is so easy to hide behind singer songwriter.
0: Yeah. Uh, the,
1: the, the bugaboo for me is when people close their eyes and they just sit there and they're playing their chords and they're closing their eyes and they're having their own little experience and nobody else is allowed in.
0: Yeah. With my singer songwriters. Um, yeah. There's there's that. And and guitar is armor. Yes. You know, they, they, they crowd around that guitar. And then if they also then close the eyes, it's like, oh, my goodness, please let us in. Let us in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. Uh, easy yeah, live streaming. To say.
1: No, yeah. Right. Live streaming <laughs> and live performing are the same thing yeah. in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, I got on my my own singer last night is that he was wearing sunglasses at the beginning. I said, mm-hmm. take those off. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to see you. And he understood. And he left them off. And I think, I think really it was just the lights more than anything. He was just sure. kind of overwhelmed. Yeah. But yeah. then he got used to it. And, and he did. I watched him engage with the audience. And that uh-huh. was wonderful to see. But he had to work at it. It was a skill he had to develop. Yeah. And you can develop it. And it's really important. And we as teachers um, and coaches have to insist on that in our yep. students. And don't let them get away with it otherwise. And it can be really painful to have to tell a student that and say, that was beautiful, but I don't believe you. Or I know we just did a lot of work, but we're still missing this point. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of test audiences with people uh, because they get tired of hearing it from me. So a lot of dry runs where we get a few people in to test the jokes and just to test how are the the songs landing? How is this Mm -hmm. landing? Because you just can't trust it. Uh, And we get all that wonderful feedback. And I will even have people watch on a live stream to see if that's happening. So uh, I did that in the, pan- in the middle of the pandemic. It still works. Sure. And uh, my student, Eliza, actually did it for a seco. She, I asked if she could just give a performance for an hour. And we were just testing a bunch of stuff. And they delivered. And so watching them on Zoom and watching them burst into laughter on Zoom, completely muted, was gift enough.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And we
1: knew it was working. So we knew we were on the right track. Yeah. And that was really helpful. So that's, a I think, a good way of using that technology. Yeah. So. You can have the things that you're looking for. You can get paid. You can have audience interaction. You can have artistry. You can have great you know, musical experiences. So what are you waiting for? Yeah. You can have them wherever you want. You can have them online. You can have them in person. You can have them with vaccinated people. You can have them with unvaccinated people. You can have the kind of music you want to have. So now what's stopping you, right? Yeah. Wow.
0: That's a good place to... Wrap it up. We've been talking, 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 and it's been so fabulous. Um, uh, this is great. I, I love where we went with this, and I'm inspired. Thank I'm you, so Eden.
1: Glad. Sometimes I'm worried I get like really overwhelming to people because I know I do a lot. I talk about a lot of stuff. I delegate some of this stuff too when I can. I've gotten sure. better at doing that. Yeah. Uh, so it, that helps as well. If you can't do it, find somebody who can and get them to teach you or coach you through it. Mm-hmm. Or Budget that in. That yeah. until I learn it completely, I know I, this is important, so I'm going to find somebody to do this with me. You know, get a tech buddy to help you through some of this stuff. It really does help.
0: Golden advice. Yeah. Love it. Well, so where do people find you online? That's the, always the wrap up on a podcast. I think your name is your website, right?
1: It is, EdenCastile.com. It is Eden Like the Garden of E D mm-hmm. E N C A S T E E L dot com mm-hmm. and Wonderful. I'm on all this I so, so, you know I'm not on Twitter oh, I okay. was for a while I know I should uh-huh. go back <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm on a million Facebook pages I'm on Insta I'm on TikTok and I'm on YouTube a lot you can also see on YouTube some examples of how I've done the low-latency technology with different people. Oh, fantastic. Where we have, yeah, experimenting with SoundJack, LiveLab, mm-hmm. Jitsi, all of those different things, just to show you how it works and how I have used it. And you can see me teaching about it because uh, I've given a lot of talks on this to different groups. And so some of those talks, once it was over, I was able to go ahead and put that up online. So you can see how I use it as an entertainer Slash performer and how I bring other performers along because I think that really is kind of my niche Uh, but for students and for teachers with students it is something to look at and especially if you have students who are interested in performing but don't kind of fit the regular yeah mold yeah um, talk to me I love helping teachers come up with other ideas for their students fantastic yeah if you want to perform there is a way for you to perform you just have to think about it a little differently
0: more now than ever, I think. I th- and you've, you've elucidated that beautifully. Well, Good. thanks so much, Eden. And uh, have a great rest of the fall.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and check us out at thevoiceculture.com. Bye for now.